Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. We are here to shift the paradigm of business and marketing and social media in this digital age of infinite possibility and bridge our inner technology, our intuition with outer technology through rituals, personal development tools, conscious business practices, spiritual tools, and the magical tool of social media. I am your host, Xenia, storyteller, conscious social media teacher, speaker, and a multidimensional traveler. Welcome to the new paradigm. Welcome back to Woken Wired. I am your host, Xenia, and this week my guest is Cedric Bertelli. Cedric Bertelli is the founder and director of the Emotional Health Institute. His work helps people resolve emotional difficulties such as phobias, nervousness, stress, anxiety, panic attacks, depression, rage, jealousy, hypervigilance, anger, worry, and others. At the base of MRES is a precise process which Cedric calls viscerosomatic quieting. He's going to tell us more about this, but it works through connecting you to the origin of a difficult emotion through your physical sensations. It is a simple but rarely used process that is innate to all human beings but is rarely used. It is very simple. You can do it with a therapist or with yourself. And people have reported to have resolved conditions such as depression, fear, anxiety, PTSD, anger, and grief. Please speak to your own medical professional before you do any of this work or speak with Cedric and see what speaks to you, take it on, try it out if it's calling you, and be open to miracles. This work is used both on humans and animals and Cedric has done a lot of tests in different environments. He has worked with people with PTSD. He has worked with kids, with homeless people. And it's just beautiful to see this process being spread, making a difference around the world. Sophie Sheesh, founder of Be Current, my guest from episode 118, where we spoke about managing your energy instead of managing your time. She recommended Cedric when I mentioned that I have been called to explore somatic healing. And she recommended him right away. I had a session with him and it was an incredibly profound experience where I got to integrate a shamanic experience that I had last year in which I got to experience the oneness, the universe, consciousness, force that we talk about so much or point to on this podcast and I had a visceral experience of it that left me feeling outside of my body. And in our one-on-one session, he invited me to bring those visuals, those experiences of aliveness that I saw into my body, inside of my body. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. In one session with him, I got to address some limiting beliefs in old patterns I've been carrying in my body and release them from some uncomfortable situations I've been in as a teenager. And it was miraculous how with his gentle and safe guidance, it seemed to just move and get freed from my body. 
So I felt called to share this wizard, this healer, this wise man with you. And in this episode, we speak about releasing pain from the body, cognitive versus somatic therapy, psychedelic mushroom experiences, accessing transgenerational memories in our bodies, how all of this applies to entrepreneurship, and how as a result of getting more present in our bodies, we can live in the present instead of living in the past. If you yourself have been called to somatic healing and would like to experience this work yourself, check out Cedric's website, cedricbertelli.com and emotionalhealthinstitute.org. I have both had a one-on-one session with Cedric as well as attended his workshop. It only costs $8 and all the money goes to his nonprofit. And in it, he teaches you how you can apply these principles yourself. Super powerful work. Enjoy this conversation and let me know your takeaways as always by tagging me on Instagram at Woke and Wired. And if you haven't yet, leave a review to the show on iTunes and let me know what you think. Before we dive into this week's conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, Tailwind. Tailwind is a Pinterest scheduling tool that helps you grow your business with more traffic. Pinterest is the number one traffic driver to my websites, including some of my very well-performing affiliate posts that actually monetize and bring me money. And I know from my own experience that using Pinterest can be super effective to bring quality traffic to your site so that you can actually spend less time promoting the existing content and more time optimizing the channels through which people find you. Tailwind helps you automate and schedule out all of your Pinterest pins so that you're getting traffic anytime. And pro tip, if you haven't yet started pinning your short videos like Instagram Reels and TikToks, start doing that and you might see miracles happen in the department of traffic. Tailwind is offering a special deal to my listeners. If you haven't tried Tailwind yet, go to tailwindapp.com slash wired to get $30 off your plus plan. That's tailwindapp.com slash woke and wired. Here's my guest, Cedric Bertelli. Cedric, welcome to Woken Wired. I am so grateful to have been introduced to you by Sophie. And it was interesting because somatic healing has been on my mind and my awareness for a long time. And for the past couple of months, it's just been quite loud in my experience. And I knew that I was ready to go there. And then Sophie was like, I have the perfect person. And I reached out to you and we had a session and it was so profound. It was just in one session, the amount of energy and the possibility that moved. And it also ended up being a pathway for me to integrate a psychedelic experience I had earlier this year. So I'm just excited to speak about your work, share the magic with people, and also create this new possibility of healing and expansion that doesn't involve finding the answers through thinking and thinking and thinking, but instead tapping into our bodies as these magical tools that they are. Thank you very much, Xenia. Thank you for having me over. So why don't we just start at what exactly is it 
that you do and how did you get there and why did you go the route of somatic therapy versus traditional psychology or psychiatry? Well, I guess it's because I um, I tried the regular psychiatry and psychology route and it did not work for me. I was myself dealing with uh, a low-grade depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of anger. And where psychotherapy was able to you know, help me control, eventually help me understand where the, the pain was coming from, it never really allowed me to resolve it and to move past it. That's when I started to get interested in emotional functioning and how the body can resolve, release disruptive emotional pattern by itself, naturally. So, yeah, I have so many notes from the workshop that I took with you, and there's just so many ways I want to take it, but I'm going to let you speak and then I'll jump in with questions. Okay, great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I come from uh, from rural France. You know, uh, I was uh, in, was raised in a tiny little village where 80 people in the wood, and I could feel very early on that the body has amazing capacities the same way that nature has amazing capacity. So very early on, I, I, I knew, I felt in myself that we had everything we need in life to release what is not necessary, what is painful. That's how, it's a long, it's a long answer, I guess, to try to explain why I took the root of the somatic and the body to release emotional difficulties uh, instead of the, I would say, regular cognitive behavioral therapy. So do you remember growing up in a tiny town of 80 people, what were the first experiences that were either had to do with healing or spirituality that really guided you on your path ultimately of moving to San Francisco and doing this work in a bigger scale? You know, I had um, had several influences very early on, of course, but my grandfather was one of the most influential person for me. You know, my grandfather is now 98 years old. He fought World War II in the resistance. He moved from Italy to France. wasn't very well treated when he arrived in the country. But the man, since I'm a child up until today, is like a Buddhist monk. You know, is is wise, is kind, and uh, I mean, you know, he never attended any kind of personal development workshop. You know, and I I wondered how can a man go through so many trauma and and have this genuine kindness in him. And as I go on and, and study this work, it was became obvious to me that just the fact to be in nature a lot, my grandfather was a lumberjack. So all he did after the war was in nature in the wood. So just being in nature, not around a lot of people, but by himself, I I knew that had something to do with his emotional state, his emotional homeostasis. So it was it was a big influence for me. And as I started my own healing, after trying a lot of things, I came back to something more simple, more organic, so to speak. And then uh, I guess the rest is history. You know, I uh, I came to the U.S. first for my job. I was a chef. I was working for the Ritz Carlton. So I came to Half Moon Bay, California at first to, uh, to do my work. And, and little by little, I, I had enough to carry the weight of anxiety and, and of depression. That's when I decided to drop my whole career and dedicate my, my life in, uh, in studying and learning 
how the brain can release emotional difficulties by itself. I had no idea you had a past life as a chef. That's fascinating. And I think it takes so much courage to leave a known, familiar, comfortable path behind to step into something new and not just new, but also you're paving the path and developing this methodology that is new and that is different. And I think what's so beautiful about it is that instead of making things more complicated, it's like you said, it's making things more simple. And it's this idea of coming back to the nature within us. So can you just speak to how the method came to be and what it is and how it works? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the method came to be as a, how can I say, a regroupment of several philosophies and several work. There are a lot of people that are, are the origin of the method. Most of them are French. I'm gonna, I, I can, I can give you some names such as uh, Didier Godot, François Roustan, uh, people who have been working with the body, with the sensations and putting together several lineage, several understanding, several techniques we were able to come up with a very simple and natural way for people to, 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 to resolve the emotional difficulties. We understood that the physical sensations present in the body during an emotion are the key or are the doorway to resolve the emotion that we're feeling. And little by little, by unlearning a lot, I would say more than learning a lot, maybe, we were able to come up with what we call today emotional resolution or MRES. Now, in the method, you speak about responding to what happens now and learning to be present to the sensations of the body versus responding to living out stories of the past. So before we get more into sort of behind the scenes, will you explain how it works practically when someone wants to experience it or books a session with you? Yeah, absolutely. Let's say that somebody comes to work on, on anxiety, for example. The way that we will help this person resolve the anxiety is that we will, so to speak, trick the brain to recreate the anxiety they want to resolve. It's a very gentle process, and the clients will barely feel the anxiety at the time. However, the body's, the client's body will generate physical sensations. The physical sensation that come with the anxiety. Those physical sensations, we call them interoception. At this point, once the body of the client generates those physical sensations, my job is very simple. We just have to guide the client to just remain with the physical sensations without trying to interfere with them, without trying to control them, or without trying to understand what's happening in them, just to be, as long as the sensations are in the body. You know, François Roustan, which name I, uh, I said earlier, said something I think very powerful. He said, uh, changes happen in us when we can shift from being a human being to being a living being. And once we re-trigger the emotion that the client wants to resolve, we are trying to maintain him in a living being space instead of human being. And that's, that's the base. That's what we do for, I will say, the obvious emotions. Now, when it comes down to work with complex traumas or psychosomatic ailments, meaning physical symptoms, we adapt this work a little bit. And we, we take our client in a, what I would say a, a sensorial trance, which is a, a work that makes a little bit hypnosis and MRES, and that allows us to walk the client 
safely toward subconscious fears, toward fears that are not obvious for the client, but that are impacted, impacting greatly his or her life. I remember you gave me the analogy of mushrooms when you spoke to that. Yes, absolutely. I often refer MRES as, as mushroom. You're right. I, uh, I usually say people come to see an MRES practitioner to take care of mushrooms, the one that we see underneath the trees. And sure, we're going to do that. But during a session, we're also going to take care of the spores, the small mushrooms that are hidden by the big ones. And then when we go a bit deeper, when we do what we call uh, an MRES journey, we're going to tap into the mycelium through a physical symptom or through a big emotion. We're going to be able to slide underneath, underneath the surface and visit resolve and release emotional difficulties, forgotten traumas that are greatly impacting our behaviors, our relationship to ourselves and to others. And at the end of the day, the way that we, re we release those subconscious fears that are very much impacting us is the same way that we do for the big emotions. It all goes through the body, through the sensations, here and now, without any story, just here and now in the body. It sounds uh, simple enough, but like you said, it takes so much unlearning and I guess retraining and also accepting this idea you've shared in your workshop about the answer being inside of what you're trying to avoid. And yeah. it's not an easy choice to go there, but that seems to be the pathway to resolving it. Yeah, absolutely. This work with MRES is, I would say, counterintuitive as we're spending our life trying to shut down our emotion, calm our emotion, avoid maybe our emotion, or riding our emotional reaction. Here, uh, it's not about riding the emotional wave or controlling or regulating our emotion. It's really about viscerally becoming intimate with our emotional reaction, emotional response, so that they can be integrated. Because really with this work, we do not uh, take away emotions. We do not eliminate emotion. All we are doing is integrating pieces of our history that never had an opportunity to be integrated. This work is all about integrating and being more intimate with ourselves, not about eliminating things. You know, uh, if I can if we can, take, can talk just a bit about how emotions are created, uh, that, that would help me explain. Would that be okay with you? That would be great. We know today that at the origin of every single one of our emotional difficulties, the one that we are aware of and the one that we're not aware of is always the same kind of event. It is always an event that was highly stressful for us. Now, when I say very stressful for us, we're thinking about it as adults. But for a little baby, for us when we are in utero or during the birthing process, a lot of events are extremely, extremely stressful for us. I would say the first 21st month of our life are a wonderful garden for uh, highly stressful events that later we create disruptive emotional pattern. What we understand today is every time we're living a stress which is too much for the body to take in, there is a natural process that is happening and the cognitive, the cognitive brain is, cognitive mind is 
shutting down. The cognitive mind is shutting down. However, our subconscious mind is recording everything that we are living at that moment. During each one of our, what we can call trauma, our subconscious mind is gathering data, data felt by the five senses, and also what we're feeling in our body physically, the physical sensations. To give you an idea, the cognitive mind is gathering about 2,000 bits of information at a speed of about 100 miles per hour. That's what we are aware of. Our subconscious mind gathers about 40 billion of data per second at a speed of 100,000 miles per hour. So when we are living a quote-unquote trauma and the conscious mind is not here to filter information anymore, our subconscious mind is gathering a lot of data that really do not make any sense to us cognitively. One of the main jobs of our brain is to predict. Our brain is a fantastic machine for prediction. All day long, we're predicting based on what we already lived. An emotional reaction is nothing else than a prediction from the brain. In this term that after our traumas, when the body finds itself in a situation when, where it recognizes one of the elements, maybe a smell, maybe a silhouette, or anything, when the subconscious mind recognizes one of the elements that was present during one of our trauma, the subconscious mind is going to automatically and instantly predict what physical sensations we are about to feel based on what was felt at the moment of the trauma. More than just predicting it, the body is going to generate those physical sensations, this interoception. And from the moment the brain generates interoception, generate this prediction, that's when we realize that we are having an emotion. And that's when we are overtaken by an emotion. At this point, the cognitive mind is going to try to do what he knows how to do best. The cognitive mind is going to try to understand and control why we're feeling an emotion. But this will never allow us to resolve the emotional difficulty felt. Actually, every time we're trying to control an emotion, every time we're trying to control what we think create an emotion, we're reinforcing the message to our subconscious brain that it must be a danger. It must be a danger out there because we are trying to control. So the brain will keep on predicting that whatever was felt as a danger is a danger. Never having the opportunity to recognize this, that nowadays those elements that might have been very dangerous at some point are completely harmless. With MRS, all we're doing is tuning in the body memory to our current reality. We can say that every time we're having an emotional difficulty, it is our body predicting from a past memory that is not attuned to what is actually happening for us in our life today. And there was a lot of information. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's perfect. And it's a nice foundation on jumping in from that. And what I kept thinking is, is it possible to let go of our body history and old emotions store in it and truly live fully in the present sensations and experiences? Is that the goal or what is the vision here? Yeah, that's the goal. You exactly, you exactly voice the goal. The goal is to really be tuned in 
to what is happening right now in our current reality. That means when we when we tuned in to what's happening right now in our in our current reality, that means that we learn from our past experiences. We integrated our past experiences. As long as we keep on reacting, it is because those experiences are not integrated. So the goal is really to be able to enjoy the magic of each moment that we are living. Very often, you might recognize that because of the emotion we are living, we are missing out on the beauty of what we actually are supposed to experience. I often take the same example. I, 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 uh, I tell my student, look, if, uh, if I'm in a date, on a date with a wonderful person and uh, at some point, maybe it's our third date and I have the opportunity to, to kiss this, uh, this person, what I should feel is excitement, connection, uh, joy. But maybe all I can feel is anxiety. Is she going to like me? Am I going to get hurt? Well, those emotions, is she going to hurt me? Am I going to get hurt? These emotions are based on past experiences that were not integrated. And because my body is taken by those emotions, I am not able to enjoy the connection. I am missing out in the beauty of the moment. And so many of our days are following this paradigm. When we're not actually attuned to what is actually going on, but the body is predicting based on past experiences that we can remember, or most of the time that we cannot remember. And what is life like when we're not operating from those past experiences? It's contentment. I wouldn't say that it's joy. I wouldn't say it's, it's just contentment. Contentment for me is being in relationship to what is happening, being present cognitively and physically to what is happening right now. That means like if uh, there is something beautiful to catch, we catch it. If there is a danger, we are able to respond. We are more present. Mm, I can see that. And we are also more congruent um, with who we really are. The more we resolve those past wounds, the more we walk toward ourselves, toward our true essence, toward our true beliefs. So the more we resolve emotional difficulty, the more we... Uh, yeah, we connect to our essence. We become more congruent with ourselves. What have you seen in your work as some of the most powerful blocks and traumas that generally have people be stopped from stepping into their true essence? Well, a lot of the, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the thing about emotions. Emotions don't make any sense. And often as... Um, Teenagers, adults mostly, we tend to create bridges, right? I'm feeling that way because this happened to me. What I found is a lot of those bridges, a lot of those links that we create in our mind through our cognitive mind sometimes are correct. Often they're not. I would say that the more I do this work, the more I can see that the, the trauma, the blocks that do not allow us to live a life at peace are hidden. They're hidden because they happen very early on. And we stay stuck with the emotion. We stay stuck in trying to understand why we're feeling an emotion, when actually, I would say it's almost irrelevant. Also, what, uh, what we notice is that human beings are amazing at creating emotions out of emotions. Unlike uh, other mammals, for example, let's say a cow. If a cow is afraid of a rabbit, a cow is afraid of a rabbit. Eventually, she can resolve her emotion you know, a fear to the rabbit. But if a human being is afraid of a rabbit, is going to be afraid of the rabbit, 
and then he might feel ashamed of being afraid of rabbits. So he might try to kill the rabbit and then feel guilty about killing the rabbit. And trying to understand why he's afraid of rabbit, he might blame his father because his father had rabbit when they were a kid. And I don't know what they did to the, to the, to the rabbits back then, but we build emotions upon emotions which makes our life and our relationships very complicated. So we get stuck in, in some kind of emotional jail when it doesn't have to be so complicated. It doesn't have to be so difficult. We can uh, open the door of those jails one after another. I, um, I often say we are as free as our fear allows us to be. And we can become much, much freer without trying, just by resolving difficulties. I bet at this point, people listening want to know, okay, how, where do I get this? How does this work? You know, um, can everybody do this? And what kind of things, you know, you find usually bring people or what should people notice in their own experience or life that is an indicator that this work would be of value to them? That's a great question. I would say if people uh, realize that Either way, they are undergoing emotions that prevent them to be content. If people notice reactions that have been with them for a long time, but they cannot uh, overcome them. Or if people just find themselves just in a funk, they know that they are supposed to be lighter, happier, then they can come toward this work. And yes, absolutely everybody can do it. It is not magical. It is not. Uh, anything special. Our body is wired to resolve those emotional difficulties. You know, if we walk around with anxiety, with fear, with tension, we are constantly weakening the body and weakening our cognitive abilities as well. When we wake up in the morning, we have uh, what we can call a body, a body budget. If we are triggered by our partner, if we are triggered at work, if we are triggered by something we see, smell, if we feel anxious, if we feel stressed or tense, our body budget is leaking out. We're losing energy. We're losing our ability to fight diseases. We're losing a lot of our cognitive capacity as well. So if we, if we, if we notice tension, anxiety, anger, all responses that we do not want anymore, we can come toward this work. We can learn how to do it on ourselves, by ourselves, especially for I would say, big emotions. And then we can uh, talk to a practitioner so they can work on what is more subtle, what we see sometimes as our personality even, that we base, that we crafted around our fear. A lot of things that we see as our personality are just behaviors that we crafted over time to avoid or to control our fears. It's quite amazing to see how people do this work after a while have a change of quote-unquote personality for the best, of course. <laughs> wow. So if I were to simplify and, and summarize what my experience was like having an embryo session, it's creating a safe space for the traumatic emotions to arise and be expressed in our body and then just letting them be and letting them leave our bodies by not fighting them. Would you say that's an accurate description? Yes, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, often I, I, I say as well, uh, you know, those, those emotions, those, those uh, 
those tensions, they're like ghosts, you know. They do not belong to our present. They come from the past and they followed us here because all they want is to be acknowledged, to be felt. When we feel them in the present, safely, they can go back where they belong, forever. So is there a spiritual aspect to this work? I would say uh, as, as spiritual as my, as my grandfather was, in the sense that just accepting, just accepting, accepting and realizing that everything is in us. I mean, uh, if there is a God or a universe, do you really think that if there is a God, I mean, not you, but in general, of course, do we really think that God put us here on this earth with no way to heal ourselves? I mean, do we really think that God has nothing else to do than to answer our uh, little prayers for ourselves? I don't believe that. I'm not really a, a believer or, or anything like this, but, but we have everything we need right now in us to be better. And, and the word is just a reflection, a magnetized a reflection of what's going on in, in each one of us. I mean, everybody knows that. So if we see the state of the words as if the world was one human being, we can see how much trauma, how much pain there still is in every single one of us. The only way to change the world is to change ourselves. And it's not uh, egoistical to think that we need to take care of ourselves first. No, it's a matter of changing the world, I think. If we are feeling good, if we're feeling in relationship, if we're feeling compassion, well, that would change a lot of things on a big scale. But yes, we have to take care of ourselves first. I totally agree with you. And I would like to go into the two Ps, the psychosomatics and psychedelics. Cedric, I'm going to let you take it away from whichever you want to start with. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> for the psychomatic, for the, so f first of all, w one of the big changing piece in my emotional health, in my mental health, was working with, with mushrooms with a wonderful therapist here in San Francisco, work with, uh, with psychedelic from the, the Masatec uh, tradition. And it was, it was life-changing for me. I let go a little bit of this lineage for, for a few years. And then with uh, Dr. Jacques Fumex, who is a, a doctor in France, we developed a protocol. We developed a way to work with psychosomatic issues. And Jacques Fumex is the one who, who designed most, who designed mostly this, this protocol to work with psychosomatic issues. And, and the way that he does it is a mix between shamanic journey, hypnotherapy, and MRS. And as we crafted this protocol, we realized that all we were doing is inhibite the prefrontal cortex so we can work with the subconscious, which is, I believe, uh, a lot of what's happening when we take ayahuasca or, or plant medicine. Basically, we, we tap into the subconscious. And through working with psychosomatic, we are able to tap into memories that, are, that come from our, our lifetime, of course, but also transgenerational memories, symbolism, uh, myth. I mean, really powerful imagery that allow us to gently welcome emotional difficulties and trauma that we didn't know we had in there, in, in, uh, in us. And in this sense, I think there is a relationship here with plant medicine. Plant medicine is gently, or not so gently sometimes, leading us toward answers, toward memories, toward intuition. And MRS for the body is doing the same thing, 
except that we are staying conscious enough so we can connect to the body here and now, allowing the fears that we encounter to be resolved here and now during the journey, which can be a bit sometimes challenging to do when we journey with plant medicine because we, we're so much in it that it might be sometimes difficult to go back into the body here and now. Now, often it's, it's happening automatically. Did I answer your question? Yes, and I didn't realize that psychosomatic and psychedelics were so related. I would love to actually hear a little bit more about the protocol that you mentioned that combines all the three methods. What we do is we, um, I cannot explain the whole protocol, but uh, what we do is we induce what we can call a sensorial trance. Basically, we, we try to get our client out of their cognitive mind so they can really connect to their body, to, I would say almost, to, no, not almost, to their subconscious, to their atomic memory. In a way that doesn't make any sense, we use metaphor, images, reification, so they can approach blocks, old memories in a safe way. That sounds uh, really powerful, and I can only imagine combining all of these methodologies. I think that's one of the beauty of living in time and age that we're living in is having access to these cross kind of fields of study and healing modalities that haven't been crossed before. And it sounds like what you're doing is combining powerful modalities that haven't on a mass scale been combined yet. And also doing it in a way that is so simple and so accessible because MRES takes, what, 90 seconds? You know, unlike a psychedelic journey, it only takes 90 seconds and, and you can do it yourself. Yes, correct. It takes 90 seconds, about about 90 seconds, for the body to really uh, update a prediction to release an emotional difficulty. Then, of course, the journey when you work with, um, with a practitioner is longer because we're going to, uh, we're going to, to travel together and, and talk and see how we can, uh, you know, pick as many little mushrooms as we can before diving into the mycelium. Yeah. But each resolution will take about 90 seconds. That's incredible. And as you were developing this method, were you testing it on yourself? Were you testing it on others? What was the journey there? And how did your journey as sort of the alchemist behind the scenes inventing it intersect with your own journey applying it? Hmm. Well, first of all, I want to say that I did not invent anything. It's a collective work, a collective work with uh, Beautiful people like uh, Didier Godot, uh, Jacques Fumex. It's it's really a collective work. The emotional work, uh, the Emotional Health Institute is uh, is what it is today because of several individuals who have been working together with the same passion and motivation and an open heart. So I definitely don't want to take all the credit. And it's it's both. I mean, I could not have brought this work out there if I did not experience it on myself. I do not put anything out there before experiencing it on myself. And I still do MRS on myself when, when an emotion comes, when I'm aware of emotion. And then there are emotions that I'm not aware, and my partner is really good at pointing them. <laughs> so so I, can, uh, I can work them out anyway. But yes, it's, it's a mix of self-work. And after self-work, putting, putting it out there uh, to work with clients and, and other practitioners. One doesn't go without the other. I did. I cannot put something out there if I don't if I don't test it myself. If I don't test it, try it myself. By the way, it made me smile when you mentioned your partner because it's a dangerous thing when we start mentioning 
things that we're working on within ourselves to our partner. I'm currently reading nonviolent communication. And now anytime I say something that's passive aggressive or violent, he always uh, ironically points out that I'm nonviolently communicating. So (laughs) it's it's a funny thing and also a beautiful thing of being on this growth and development journey with a partner because then you can humorously point things out that help us move forward. Oh yeah, so and 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 our partners are so good at it, aren't they? They're oh, super yeah. good at it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I see my partner is when I when I get a bit uh, maybe agitated or irritated, she will say, "Okay, well, what sensations are you feeling in your body?" And most of the time, when she says that, I'm like, "Ah, <laughs> who cares?" So, what I also want to uh, speak to is what kind of outcomes or movement of emotions or space have you seen as a result of this work, whether that's in yourself or clients when applied to business specifically? Well, you know, uh, it's, it's a great question again. You know, what block us often from growing our business is fear, you know? Um, some of us can feel lack of self-confidence. Well, if I start my business, you know, if I don't succeed, what's going to happen, especially if I have a family, so a lot of things that block us to develop our business is fear. When it comes down to learning, we can learn. We can learn how to do uh, um, uh, our budget. We can learn about social media. We can, we can learn about uh, communication. But if we feel blocked inside of us, none of what we're going to learn will be applied in a powerful way or it's going to be difficult. So uh, people that have been... And right now I'm working with, uh, for example three women who are becoming entrepreneurs because of this work, because of who they are, of course, but because this work was able to lighten up their fears and they're feeling, they're feeling confident enough to put the work out there and eventually, why not, do a career out of it. So it's always the same thing. If we feel blocked, if we feel like we might not be able to do it, what if that doesn't work? All these are fears all this can be resolved. So does that mean that after we resolve our main fear, we'll be able to, uh, uh, to do everything easily? Well, no, we still have to study, we still have to understand, we still have to, uh, uh, to grow in our craft. But if there are no fear, if there are no anxiety, there is less tiredness, there is more wit, and, and the potential, the possibilities are opening up so much more. Did I answer your question? Yes, it's making me think I should book another session with you because there's definitely some upper uh, limit problem, as Gay Hendrick would say, in terms of business growth that I can see you speak to. I'd love to. And and also, uh, one thing is, if we feel anxious, if we feel fearful, the people on the other side of the table or on the other side of the screen feel it one way or another. We sense in a very powerful way, each other fears. We, uh, we don't do that consciously. We don't even realize that we sense each other fears, but we do. And you can see that in school. You can see that in relationships. So even if we're not in the same room, and now we do everything via Zoom or, or, or via some kind of video conference, but if there is fear, anxiety, uh, lack of self-confidence in us, it will be felt on the other side. So it's already twisting the relationship with our audience. It's twisting our relationship with sometimes our business partners. So it's again, it's important for us to feel good, to feel clear, 
so we can put out there who we, we, we really are in a simple way. Right. And I want to share briefly my experience, what happened in one of our sessions. It was, uh, it had to reference a psychedelic experience that I had earlier this year, where I had this experience of being connected to this consciousness field and sort of floating in it and feeling the magic and the bigness of it. And then feeling like my body is a trap, like this burden that I have to hold on to. And then the visual that came through in working with you was imagining that that field, that consciousness, those stars and galaxies that I saw, the colors, it was all within me instead of outside of me. And that was just uh, such a powerful shift of perspective in taking the power from the outside and having to be part of it and having to belong and be a certain way to realizing that it's all within me. And I thought it's just such a, a beautiful capture of what this work is. And uh, I just want to hear a little bit more from your perspective. What what was that and where did that come from? I don't really know. It came from you. Uh, as you said, you have everything. <laughs> you know, it's 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 your universe. It's your inner inner universe inner word inner power it's it yeah it was a beautiful session it was a beautiful session and uh, and i don't i don't have any logical explanation for it um you just tapped into it came from the field yes right that's right that's right it came just from connection and and and, and everybody can do that everybody can do that it's 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 quite fantastic but quite liberating to know that we have the ability to do that simply and our session i think was 45 minutes long or something like this. It's, um, yeah, so much potential in us. So where does one go to learn this technique? Do you have videos on your site or is it best to book a workshop or a one-on-one -on -one session with you? How can people learn and apply this tool? Yeah, people can find a lot of information on emotionalresolution.org, uh, Um for about the work, where it's coming from and, and, and what it does. People can learn how to do this work on themselves by themselves, especially for main big emotions. And we're doing uh, uh, workshops once a month. It's very cheap. It's either way free or it's $8. And people can join us for about an hour and a half and, and learn how to do this work on themselves by themselves. Again, for the, for the big emotions. Um, if you want to, if people want to work more in depth, into the fears, into the patterns, etc. There are uh, practitioners that can be found as well on the website, MRS practitioners, that will be able to, uh, to take individuals through the process and resolve emotional difficulties together in a deep and powerful way. And not only one, but most sessions resolve several emotions at once. Yeah, that was definitely my experience. Sajak, is there... Anything that I didn't ask you about that you feel called to share? No, you were you were really thorough. Um, if if I maybe one last thing is again, we all have the capacity to resolve our emotional difficulties. We're not meant as human beings to carry trauma, to carry fear, to carry anxiety. All those emotions can be resolved. They're just a part. They're just parts of our life that did not have a chance to be integrated. We can integrate them at any time. doesn't matter how old or how young we are. So um, come on over, look at the website, and, uh, and see if you're called to, um, to do this work and uh, see, if we can, see if we can help you to feel better, to feel good. Mm, beautiful. Cedric, thank you so much for doing the work that you do for 
making it available and accessible and for following the hit of that called you to leave your previous career of being a chef and and do this well thank you thank you for giving me the opportunity to share i really really appreciate it and uh, you know this work is is going for you know through um, word of mouth and uh, thank you very, thank you very much Ksenia. i really appreciate it my pleasure i'll see you in the field yeah i'll see you on the field If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes and share it with a friend who you think could benefit from the message. Find all the show notes and all the resources on WokeAndWired.com and say hello on Instagram. Find me at WokeAndWired. Stay woke, stay wired, and take three deep breaths right now. <laughs>